Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, we're talking to Sam Fordham, Head of Technical for Riser. Today, we are talking about variable seed rates for combinable crops. Sam suggests this is the most important input to vary. But as we look towards the main autumn sowing period, what are the key principles and more crucially, the key benefits for the grower? So good morning to you, Sam. Morning, Tony. Good morning to you. And great to have you back here on Tramlines for yet another fantastic podcast. But here we are talking about variable seed rates. So tell us a little bit about in terms of context, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so variable seed rates, nothing new. Uh, it's been around in the precision farming industry for, for about 10 years. And the, the technology uh, that we use to do variable seed rate, again, is, is, is nothing new. It's something that's been around for a while. But I think the understanding what we're trying to achieve with it and, and what a, a tool like this can do for a farmer is has changed over the years where our understanding of what we're trying to achieve in the first place has moved on and we've gone from wanting to see a an even yield map which when I started 10 years ago was the the buzzword we want an even crop and an even yield map to understanding how we can use seed rates to manipulate a crop uh, in the early stages of that crop to, to, to come into the spring with 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 something that you can you can maximise the output from. And Sam, I've heard you refer to base rates as a principle before. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? What does it mean? So the, the base rate of a crop, whether you, you work in kilos a hectare or seeds per metre squared, that's the rate that you set and you say, okay, this field with these conditions and this variety at this time, I'm going to have a base rate of, 350 seeds per meter squared and naturally depending on the crop whether it's where it is in the in the rotations so a first or a second cereal dependent on your soil type the, the date you're drilling most farmers will be varying the base rate of the seed across the farm they wouldn't just go right everything's getting x amount of, of kilos a hectare of seeds per meter squared so the principle of variable rate is is taking that base rate and then plus and minusing it by a percentage or, or an absolute figure, but within the field. So instead of taking each field in isolation, it's saying, okay, well, this field has subfields within it, if you like, it has areas that are different. And those areas, we can take that base rate in, and, and manipulate that in those areas to, to achieve the desired outcome. And that desired outcome is really important, isn't it, in terms of production and farm resilience, farm sustainability. So across the UK, what percentage of farmers are adopting this technique? It's surprisingly low. Uh, the, like I said before, the, the, the changing of a base rate on a field level, most farmers would be doing that, but manipulating that, that rate within a field boundary I would say if if there was 40% of the, the UK cereal or combinable acreage doing that, that would be probably an overestimate. Right. OK. In, very interesting. And so let's talk about, you know, what, why, why are we looking at this? Why are we talking about this today? So the whys and what's of variable seed rates. Tell us a bit more about what we're trying to achieve, Sam. 
Well, I guess the, the principle, uh, the, the marker of success for variable seed, in my opinion, is to come out of winter with that crop in the best possible position that you can achieve. And if we go into a field in October and we, we apply a, a, a seed rate, that seed rate can will go in the ground and then the, the crop will, will establish. Now, the first point is, is the establishment of that crop. Different soil types will have different establishment percentages. So your, your heavier ground may have a lower percentage establishment than your lighter or kinder ground within a field. So the first point is to try and even up that establishment. So you're setting the crop up right from the start. You, you then move through and you've, there's a lot happens to that crop between the minute the drill leaves the field to, to when you come out of spring and your, your first sort of app, nitrogen applications, your, your first new application to that crop. And we, we kind of have to prepare for the worst case scenario. And what we want to achieve is to have a, a, a plant stand count that can support the yield we're expecting from that field in the spring. And if we take some benchmark figures, um, AHDB wheat growth guides are fairly good, good place to pull figures from. It's fairly robust. You want to be having at least 260 plants per meter squared in the spring, that winter survival. As I said, we've got different soil types will have different establishment percentages. So you may you may get your 260 on some soil types at 350 seeds per meter squared. But on the heavier soils, that might have to be 450 to achieve that, that, that spring count of 260. But you may have areas on your lighter soil that or kinder soil that you can drop the seed rate down to 280. 290, 300, and still achieve that, that plant count in the spring. And what we want to do is make sure that when we start applying products, whether they're it's crop protection or fertilizer in the spring to those, those crops, that we're not, we've got no limiting factors in there already. We've done some trial work that looks at, at seed rates, and, and there's lots of other companies that have done trial work with seed rates, but there is a a critical drop off that once you get start getting below two, 280 seeds or 280 plants established with your winter losses you struggle to get the to the 260 in the spring and we do see a yield drop off because of that so we, we see a negative impact on yield just purely down to having not enough seeds in the ground to start with. So that, that really describes what, what you said to me before, which is getting that crop set up from the start. It, it's, this is what we're trying to achieve, isn't it? As I said, we, we don't want to put any limiting factors in the crop from day one. And seed is the first input. Sometimes I think that's not necessarily emphasised enough how important that first input is, because if it's, if it's no seed in the ground, it's not going to grow. So arguably it's the most important one to get right but also seed is your is, is your cheapest input and i know of wheat prices where they are at the moment but seed is more expensive or is going to be more expensive than it's ever been but you're looking around about 90 to 100 pounds a hectare ballpark figure for a for a, a wheat crop for seed per hectare when you compare that to your nitrogen costs that are sitting anywhere between 500 
and a thousand pounds a hectare, depending on how you've bought and, and what, what rates you're going at, and 250 to 300 for your crop protection, all of a sudden seed seems very cheap. So perhaps we can be a bit more liberal with the seed. We can uh, load areas up more and, and that then makes sure that we're, we're not underutilizing the expensive inputs of fur and crop protection in the spring. And one big farmer that I deal with, his sole, uh, the sole thing he wants to achieve with variable seed rate is to have a homogenous crop in the spring. And then he hasn't got to worry about variable fertilizers or, or playing around with crop protection. He, he believes if he sets that crop up right from the start with a seed rate, that he'll have a homogenous even crop in the spring and then everything else will be utilised to its maximum. Sure. So the focus of the discussion right now has been around, you know, winter cereals. So how applicable is this uh, concept with regards to other combinable crops? It's just a base rate and a percentage. And we we do variable seed across the, the riser portfolio. We will do variable seed on pretty much every combinable crop. At some somewhere somewhere in the country but at the end of the day it as i said it's a base rate with a percentage change and if you're looking at all seed rate for example where you might be down to you might be down to two and a half kilos a hectare with a hybrid seed your 10 20 30 percent up or down is still a percentage of that so you still are affecting the, the density of that plant population now, obviously, grapes a bit of a funny one. Those that, that do do it swear by it. And others say, well, actually, everything else is trying to kill my oilseed grapes, so I'm just going to drill it thicker across the field, and that's going to be it. But certainly things like beans. I mean, I've, I've combined a fair bit of beans in my time, and you sit on the combine, and the bean crop never looks thick enough at harvest. But there is some significant issues with having, particularly winter beans, too thick a crop in the spring with, with chocolate spot and things like that. So... Uh, actually managing pulses with free seed rate is, is quite a, a useful tool in the armory. You're making some really interesting points here, Sam, and I, I like that point about this being the setup point for that crop for the growing season. For those listening today, how can they adopt, how can they take this technique on board more fully for the next season? That's a really good question, Tony, because actually there's several levels of grower can get get involved and i don't think variable seed seems to be one of those things that you feel oh i've got to have a, a drill that's capable of doing variable rate i've got to have a, a G, gps system on the tractor etc and in 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 the ideal world yes you do uh it'd be nice that that we we could go through the, the process building maps etc but actually you can vary your seed rate doing it sort of on a manual scale. If, if you've got a, a drill that's got radar ground speed, so it's not land wheel driven, you can plus and minus the box on the go in the cab. So you will know where there's areas that it, it, it will go flat if, if you get too good a crop and you can wind that back on the go. And likewise, your turning headlands, areas around woods, the, the usual suspects for poor establishment or crops that just are slower to get going in the spring. That can be done manually in the cab. 
you can look back at historical satellite imagery and, and help use those images to help you make the decision. And there's Riser, one of many providers of satellite imagery um, and, and our customers will have uh, imagery for as long as they've been with us, but they can also request backdated imagery for, for a, few, a certain amount of seasons. And you can you look back over that imagery, look at an image from January, February. And I guess the first step is, is understanding, okay, whatever, there, there was poor establishment in that area. Why was that? And generally, as a rule, you'll have an idea why a crop might be showing backward on imagery in, in the early spring. And like I said, you can do one of two ways then. You can either do that manually on the fly with, with plus and minusing in the cab, or we, we have a tool that's sort of an entry level seed planning tool where you can take that image that you've identified as showed as, as having establishment issues and turn that into a plan, which you can then utilize through your GPS equipment if that's what you've got on farm. Yeah, sure. So tell us a bit uh, about the product contour, uh, because I was fascinated about just how that can turn those maps into specific job sheets on farm. So that's the next step, isn't it? Automating it and helping you with actually workload and getting it even more precise. Yeah, we're, pr we're pretty lucky. We've, we've got a, a great piece of software that we're, we're constantly developing and updating. And we're by no means uh, to, at the end of that journey of, of new functionality, but we've got a really neat tool in there at the moment, which we call image-based planning, but essentially that, that gives growers and agronomists and, and the, the riser uh, specialists the ability to take a satellite image and then interpret that image into a seed plan. And that tool is really easy to use. It, it, it's been designed to be intuitive and, and sort of the flow takes you through each stage. Uh, you, can, you can set your base rates and then adjust how many rates you want within that plan and then draw polygons. So if you've got areas of interest such as black grass or you know where you get rabbit damage, brome areas coming out from grass margins, turning headlands, all those, those areas you know where you're going to struggle with establishment. You can draw those in and then that will take you through to a PDF report, which gives you a seed total. So you know how much seed you require. If you've, you're in the position where you've already ordered your seeds, you've got a stock in shed, you can use these maps to best distribute that seed you've got in store to, to the areas where it's most needed. So instead of doing a, a flat rate across the whole lot, you can say, okay, I want to target more seed here. I know I can, trim some seed from, from another area to essentially rob Peter to pay Paul. Add all those extra areas in you need with polygons and then that will give you a seed, to, uh, like a job sheet and order form for seed or like I said, you can bulk adjust that back to seed you have in stock. And then it's a case of producing GPS files, plugging them into the box and away you go. It's a really slick, quick and easy process. Yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds incredibly valuable as a tool actually just interestingly in terms of this very very dry summer has that revealed more data in your maps that maybe you hadn't seen before the dry summer is is thrown a curveball for just about everyone i think but um yeah we we certainly in the last few springs where we've had dry sort of from mid-march through to i think the, the worst one was through to just a, just cereals week when it it absolutely poured but 
they, they, the maps that we're getting back from that are highlighting soil type changes really well. So we have two types of imagery. We have NDVI, which is uh, normalized differentiative vegetative index. We have GCVI, which is looks more at the chlorophyll. And GCVI really comes into its own in, in late season. And that shows drought prone areas really well. And what we tend to find is those drought prone areas are where the soil type changes are. And, and those maps can then be used to influence the seed map going forward. Now, whether you use that to zone off and then go and carry out some soil sampling to that to understand the texture changes, or whether you just use that, that drought map as a straight seed rate map, the choice is yours really at that point but it's some really great data there on the contour platform that our growers have been collecting for, for the past three or four years the big question to fire back at you sam is the so what why should a farmer that is not already adopting this technique take part why should they adopt it well i had to sell this to my dad which is always a challenge um and we we have uh, the ability to, to to manipulate things from the beginning with with variable seed. To summarise a lot of points that I've said, we seeds your cheapest input by far, and it's it's the easiest one to set the crop up right from the start. But with commodity prices where they are, wheat at record highs. I mean, I'm, I don't think we would be foolish enough to say it's going to sit at the levels it's at now. It, it probably will drop back, but with with everything that's going on in Ukraine and and the, the global prices the way they are, I can't see it dropping back hugely from where it is. So with input prices as high as they are, fertilizer record high still, crop protection prices are going up. We need to maximize the crop output. And if if we're letting limiting factors creep in from the very beginning, it's very difficult to, to get that crop to catch up again. And to steal a phrase from Colin Lloyd, who uh, I've learned a lot of for the years, having a two forward crop in the spring is a nice problem to have. You can manage a, a forward crop. It's very difficult to drag a, a, a crop that's struggling up to where you want it to be. And so as we come to the end of this podcast, Sam, what would be your top tip to those listening today? I think the easiest thing, Tony, is, is to look back at the data you've got. You'll know areas of, of, of your farm that, that hasn't performed as well as others. If you've got yield data, look at that. That will, that will show where, limiting, where you've had limiting areas. But also take advantage of satellite imagery. It, it, it's a great tool for showing you crop variation and, and hopefully understanding where you've, you've had those limiting factors come in. And, and from that, speak to someone such as someone from Agri Ariser they'll point you in the right direction of how to get the best out of that. Well, thank you, Sam, for sharing your technical expertise around variable seed rates and the real benefits for arable farmers. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.